Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Rap. Today, I'm joined by a friend of mine who I've known for a long time, and we're going to talk all things about his uh, journey in contact centers and technology to cloud. It's going to be, we, we've got to be careful we don't reminisce too much, but uh, I'd just like to welcome Luke Dobson of Cloud Seacast to Get Out of Rap. Hi, Luke. Hi, Martin. Uh, it's great to be here and good to see you. Yeah, well, and great product placement. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll notice that Luke has supported me all through my podcast journey <laughs> and uh, has some get out of rap merchandise. And it, it's testament to the man Luke is actually that he's always available for support and advice to anyone that he meets. Um, but so, Luke, Let's start right at the beginning and your kind of your people already may have noticed an accent. So I'm assuming you're starting the contact center world was the other side of the world. Yeah, it, it was Martin. Yes. Um, I, uh, I grew up in Melbourne, uh, just outside of Melbourne. And um, and, you know, when when I was growing up, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, um, you know, from you know going to school or, or anything like that. So I just like living in the moment. And. Um, you know, this has uh, probably uh, got something to do with what's now referred to as my neurodiversity, uh, but back then it was just called ADD. Um, so, you know, I I just knew that in 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 my career I didn't want to struggle for money. You know, so mm-hmm. um, throughout school I I studied you know sciences, mathematics, and accounting. Um, but I wasn't really interested in in you know doing that at university, so I, I got into an economics um, an economic, economics degree, which was all new to me. Um, mm. And and going from going from a, a strict um, discipline school to university, where they really didn't care if you turned up or not, was a was a really big change for me. Um, a, a positive one. Well. It, it resulted in a lot of friendships, but um, maybe maybe not some great outcomes uh, for the uh, for the for the uh, study. So, um, you know, I, I I needed to get myself some more discipline. So, um, you know, I I decided that what I would do is uh, get myself a job with a big 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 company and do my university uh, part time. So, mm. um, uh, you know, at the time, you know. Back in the early 90s, I, I printed out 15 copies of my CV and I worked, walked up and down the, the main business street, Collins Street in Melbourne, um, going into big businesses, trying to find their personnel department, which you know I found out at the time was now called Human Resources. Um, and, and just giving out my CV, just you know, presenting myself, you know, trying to look for, for some work. And, and luckily, one of the big banks in Australia, Westpac, um, gave me an opportunity. So I started off as, as a teller, um, you know, close to close to Melbourne. Um, and, and you know, that was that was my first job. And I continued my study part time, uh, you know, after that. And 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 um, after a couple of years being a, a teller um, at Westpac, they they started up this new thing called a contact center, and. You know, if you're working as a teller in a branch, you're, you know, the grade at the time for Westpac was an O2. So the O1 was the real entry level, O2 was the next level. And, and they, were, um, they were offering um, jobs at A1, which was two whole grades above a teller. So 
they put a lot of um, effort into you know the creation of mm. uh, you know the whole contact center delivery so that was you know, as, I, uh, as I realized, it was it was not just the five weeks training. The the IVR that they created was um, you know full transaction IVR. You could transfer money. You know, this is now getting into the mid '90s, so it was a long time mm. ago. Mm. Um, and the, just the quality of the the people and the training was just excellent. You know, and that's and very progressive, isn't it? It, it was, and. What, what had happened is um, a lot of the staff had come over from Citibank um, um, and all of the principals, Citibank in the US um, applied in their Australian operation were then brought over to Westpac. So it was, it was very progressive. And um, they, a, couple of, a couple of years after that, um, they also started internet banking as well. So it was a really progressive um, organization. And, um, but in, you know, like most, um, contact centers, agents want to get off the phones, you know, you, whether it's, you know, um, some sort of training session or, or whatever, you're thinking about your long-term prospects mm. and, um, and team leader wasn't really the, the right option for me. I was more interested in the, in the technology side of, of telecoms and, and um, luckily uh, an opportunity came up in Sydney. And, and as I said, I'm, I was based in Melbourne and, you know, put myself forward, interviewed, um, and then got the job and I didn't know anyone in Sydney. So um, luckily the bank um, still had some, some apartments that they would um, you know, lease out to people moving around. So I got a, a, a discounted apartment, moved up there and, and you know, it was away I went. And, and the Sydney call center was 24 by seven. So um, there was always people, it was, you know, maybe 200 staff working there and there was always there was always someone finishing and going to the pub. So it was, <laughs> it was easy to make friends. And, and, you know, also I've heard you talk about it um, as well, where, you know, you, if you're moving somewhere new, you've, you play football, well, mm. um, you know, cr that cricket is, is, is that game for me. And you know, it was another way to, you know, build life, lifelong friendships, which I still have now. And, you know, it was, um, it was a great experience. And, um, I'd, I'd always had a calling to to travel. You know, I um, you know I spent a couple of years there. I, I got to become telecoms manager there, um, and and but always always wanted to travel and and um, you know that sense of adventure to see you know the rest of the world, um, uh, you know, brought me to the UK in in the early two thousands and and um, um, it, it, it was made a little bit easy because my sister was already over here she lived in west london like a lot of aussies that come over here so um you know i, I started with her um until she kicked me out uh, but um, <laughs> got um you know got a job uh at a company um which which had the european base and that's that was the original company that we we worked at um it was called sims at the time um, mm. um but it was it was a great and it was a great opportunity to to for, for my role there as a solutions analyst to do um, the whole uh, the whole uh, project lifecycle. So gathering the business requirements, doing the project management, and then implementing the technical side as well. It was uh, you know, and I, I got to you know meet some some great people around Europe. I was more Europe focused in the UK, and um, and you know I do like to travel a lot and and. 
you know, what I found, and I'm sure you've had the same experience when you're in Turkey, is that when you're working with people, you just you just connect at that different level to just yeah, compared to just going to a place as a mm. tourist, and mm. and you really get to understand how the people operate and and you know um, you know what it's like to you know to be Turkish or to be Italian or, or, or whatever that is. You know, you get to see all the kind of um, their rhythms and their energy. You know, you're you you're technically you're in a building and you're doing work and that could that building could be anywhere but you it yeah you're right it's a whole different um level i'm really interested there's there's a lot there i'm really interested though in there might be people listening who are agents who wanted who want to follow the same route you went down yeah um so it's to start with telecoms and then branching out to um the whole solution the whole ten- technological solution for contact centers what would you what would you say they should do what did you learn about your your progression because um it sounds seamless but i imagine it it wasn't always yeah um i it's you look back on it and it looks like it was all planned but um but um at the time you know what um i was just very interested you know when i when I was an agent, I was very interested in the technology side. So um, I, I I just wanted to find out more about it. So, you know, I'd um, got access to, you know, some telecoms manuals and read some of those. So, you know, I uh, talked to different people about it. So, uh, you know, that's, it's, it's one thing to really, um, one thing that I, that I look back, back on is, you know, if you've got a goal, really, really, investigate um, what it means you know to to reach that goal so mm. you know, if there's other people who are in that role or have achieved that that role or, or whatever that is then you know what was it like did they enjoy it um, you know was it what they thought it would be uh, and and so that's one of the things I would really focus on you know and it helps if you've got really good people to, to mentor you and you know uh, you know it doesn't mentoring doesn't have to be formal it, it can just mm. be you ask people questions you put yourself in the right conversations um and you just you know you just um you you just put yourself out there to to find information and if you if you're going to be helpful to people um then you know more than likely they'll be help, helpful to you as well i love that and so let's go back we you're now at sims which then became uh affinian international yeah and it's gone on it's gone on to have other names but that's where our paths first crossed yeah and i think the first time we met each other was um i i think i was all i was already in turkey but i think you'd gone out before me um but then when i started kind of living there i can remember i can remember you and uh sirkan was your point of contact in yeah. in backup wasn't he but i i always i always thought i the initial impression straight away was you're positive and friendly and just you know that everyone kind of warmed to you and nothing seemed like because there was lots going on there wasn't there a hell of a lot going on lots of projects lots of challenges and sometimes a lot of drama and emotion and yeah uh, real pressure but I always thought you always seemed very calm and and very and very positive is that just innate or something that you've developed um I 
I've always been like that, um, Martin. And um, it's it's um, I, I don't yeah I don't know where it comes from, but it's just um, it's just something that um, I find uh, natural. I think um, being empathetic to people um, is just something that um, you know. Uh, I, I just, um, you know, it just comes naturally to me. So it's, but you still, you still have to be in, genuinely in, interested in people um, mm. to, to, you know, you know, to to get the best out of that. I always remember just people going, "We've got to do this, and it has to be in at a certain point." Uh, I've been told it can't be done, and you're just very okay. Well, let's see what we can do. You know, just with a smile on your face, and it tended to diffuse some high energy situations. Let's say, yeah, and um, it, it is really important. You know, whilst whilst people um, you know might think that there, you you might have a long list of things you need to do. What you know, if you can just take a level head and and just focus on what is really essential to do, because um, you know, focusing on the essential focuses you on what you need to do rather than a long list of uh, mm. backlog or or changes that you might need to make so um, you know that's that's something that that I definitely focus on in in my work um, you know focus on what's really needed and, and why it's needed um, mm. and um, you know I, I think um, just having if if you can be calm and confident it, it, it does rub off on other people as well and, and can make yeah. other people more com uh, comfortable and confident in in what you're doing and as well as istanbul you traveled all all around europe and um were exposed to different working cultures and um how long did did you stay at Affinian um after that so i, I actually um there was a little bit uh, before I met you, so I I, I left. Um, well, <laughs> That's like the most important thing. When did you meet me? Yeah, sorry, I cut out a whole part of your history. There. That's all right. I can I can feel it. So, uh, so, um, Affinian got sold off, and I, I stayed with Travelport. You know, there's a lot of you know, um, moving, and and um, uh, then I decided it was time to to leave the UK after five years, and so I went travelling around the US. And Australia, and settled back into Australia, but um, there just wasn't the job market at the time. And, and then um, I applied for a job back in the UK with Betfair, online gambling uh, company, and and so I had a couple of interviews remotely, and then um, you know travelled back to the UK for final interview, and 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 then got the job, and then started as the telecoms manager there, um, and it was. It was at a, you know, Betfair, you know, this is back in 2007. It was an amazing place to work in terms of the quality of the people there. You know, some of the people, um, you know, some of the engineers that you sit next to had written books on telescopes or, um, you know, uh, Python software development or, and, and they even had a, um, someone whose job title was mathematician. Um, so, it was it was just a very <laughs> very interesting uh, thing, and and you know one thing that was you know quite um, you know one thing that stuck uh, stood out there was you know the contact center was probably 150 agents, and there was always a focus on you know the the contact center becoming more efficient, more effective, um, 
Um, but the contact center agents, you know, were on one fifth or, or one quarter of the wage of the of the developers. And there was there was no real focus on a consistent, um, you know, um, streamlined uh, set of software development tools for the developers. So mm. the, the, the efficiency of all those developers was impacted by that lack of focus. But, you know, the, the, you know, the business was focusing on fine tuning someone who's, who's on 17, 18,000. So, um, you know, it was, it was, it was quite an interesting, um, you know, approach, uh, with, you know, because the contact center receives an operational cost, you know, there's, there's always that focus on that cost. Um, mm-hmm. um that's, um, and I spent five years there and we had a period where there was a number of, um, I, I think I had four IT directors in, in six months and, <laughs> and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of uncertainty, um, mm. with, with that kind of stuff. And, 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 you know, when, um, when new people come in, they always want to put their own stamp on there. And, you know, often whatever you've done in the past is, is, is not, um, you know, is, is not always, you know, as relevant as what's going to happen in the future with, you know, with their new, mm. um, with their new, um, approach and all that sort of stuff. And at the same time, that's, that's when I, um, I, I got the call from, uh, you know, our, our, um, yeah, from, from, uh, Finian, <laughs> Gerard. And so it went back and, you know, um, you know, worked on a, I think it was a cost optimization in the contact center consolidation project. And then, uh, and then he convinced me to, to go permanent as a director there looking after, you know, contact center solutions and the European IT service side of things. So, um, and, you know, that was, um, you know, I, I really, you know, go, going to Turkey, going to all those different, uh, you know, places, it was, it, it was, it was a real, you know, I, I still look back at that as the the best permanent job that I had, you know, it was just, mm-hmm. um, it was, you know, lots of changes, you know, put in place, um, you know, lots of value added, um, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, similar to, I guess um, the reasons um, around you leaving, there was a whole lot of changes and, um, you know, the, the organization's goals no longer match mine. So, um, you know, I went back to running my own business and, and um, you know, it's, you, you know, I moved from the first time I had my own business, I was a contractor, you know, I had that, you know, I had a business, but I'm, I'm a contractor, but that then, I switched to running my own business. So thinking about it's not just one client, it's multiple clients. It's, it's you know, not just something which is a day rate. It's around adding a va- adding value, you know, mm. switching to, you know, um, delivery rather than just activity. So, mm. and, and that was, um, you know, that was going really well. Um, and I was, you know, working in a, um, for a travel client, um, you know, Right at the, at about the time the um, the pandemic hit, and and you know it was, um, it, it it was a bit of a struggle through through the pandemic, and you know with the my normal you know network and 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 clients just pulling back on all their spending. So mm. um, it was um, you know you've got to, you just got to work through this, lean on your network, 
um, you know, make sure you're putting yourself out there and, and you know, just, um, you know, slowly crept back up to, you know, uh, back to pre-COVID levels. And, and it also, you know, it also allowed me to, um, you know, be available for, you know, probably the, the most remote, rewarding project of my career. And that was um, uh, migrating London Ambulance's 999 contact centre um, last year. So, so it was, um, um, you know, it, it was, and, and that's kind of where, where I am at now. And, um, you know, the, just the, just the number of um, conversations I'm having around cloud contact center projects and maybe organizations have uh, gone to the cloud as part of the pandemic, uh, but mm -hmm. aren't really getting the right value out of it. Uh, maybe they're still running some systems in parallel. Um, you know, maybe they're you know, struggling with, um, you know, getting, getting, the, you know, getting the uh, sign off for additional projects, whatever that is. And, um, you know, it, the activity around that cloud contact center um, uh, discussions is, is, is really picked up, um, you know, throughout this year for me. And, 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 and so, you know, I'm, I've, that's why I've just, I've just started um, cloud CCAS to, to uh, help organizations navigate their way to the cloud or fine tune their, their existing cloud uh, contact center solution. Is that what you're? Is that what you're seeing then? Because that's really interesting. It it definitely tallies with um, a lot of the conversation I'm having, or what people are asking me is everyone. I think everyone has a very base level of understanding of what the cloud contact center is. Mm -hmm. Those that get it, I guess, want to make sure that it's doing everything they hoped it would. Yeah. What 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 are you what are you seeing in terms of cloud integration and then cloud CCAS for you is to solve what problem and fill what gap? Yeah. So firstly, what um, so there, there's there's a, a mixture. So if you've got if you've got some uh, an organisation which uh, were forced pretty much to to go into a cloud context and um, you know solution in a pandemic. Because their legacy on-premise um, system didn't provide that remote capability, then um, then they haven't gone through that uh, robust process to select the best solution mm. to make sure it meets all business requirements. So you may, so maybe you've got um, you know the the channels, but you don't have workforce optimization included. You might not have you know the PCI security or compliance call recording, whatever that is. Um, yeah. So so then that's thinking about fine tuning that um, um, you know for for the next step. And then you've got organisations that just haven't made you know don't have that trust. You know um, maybe that's they they're unable to uh, properly explain to the information security team about the benefits of of cloud contact centre. Um, you know it's uh, quite often you know the the information security team and, and the rest of the organization is speaking two different languages. So it's important to mm. understand, um, you know, to, to be, you know, to, to kind of translate between those two things. And, and, and you know, really the, the, the benefits around Cloud Contact Center are all of the integrated channels, um, and not just the 
not just the channels that the customers see, but also, um, you know, the compliance side of things, uh, you know, whether that's core recording, you know, PCI mm -hmm. compliance, and 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 those the offerings now are more mature um, from from you know from some of the key players, and also organisations, um, cloud uh, contacts and organisations are uh, popping up all over the place, and you know, there's a lot of regional um, regional players, so you might have um, you know, if you've got an operation in Croatia, you, you've got local companies there creating, you know, uh, from the ground up uh, cloud contact center in Croatia. So um, you've got that ability as an organization to either choose a, a, a global solution that meets, you know, the global requirements or choose individual solutions for specific markets where there's, you know, there's, there's no Croatian language or there's no, mm. you know, um, um, you know, German or, or whatever that language is. So, um, and, and ultimately the, the, you know, the other problems um, cloud contact centers are solving are uh, having to constantly upgrade um, on-premise, um, on-premise um, solutions. You've got, um, you know, you've got, you know, not only the servers, the software, getting getting all the change windows. Um, you know, oftentimes it'll be put in the budget to upgrade the system, but the the project either gets put back. There's other change activities, and one organization wants to roll out product related um, capabilities rather than upgrade the you know the phone system or contact. I, I can I I can remember. Um, running operations and the only time I saw the reps from a lot of these systems they, they would just come onto the contact center floor and come over and say hello and very, after a while my response was oh hello mate it, it's an upgrade time is it because <laughs> <laughs> that was the only time that's the only time they came around going yeah thing you don't upgrade things will go bad so <clears throat> yeah that I, I absolutely see that it for the so the challenges, you mentioned a couple of them there in terms of um, successful cloud integration, or if you're starting that that kind of journey, naturally, people can come and speak to you. What are you seeing, though? In terms of um, what challenges people are facing? <clears throat> yes. Well, um, to, the larger the organisation, I'm seeing the bigger problems, and that... That comes down because it's it's a major change, and mm. um, you know one of the things you've talked about on the on the podcast is not being able to articulate the value of the contact center. Mm. Um, that's um, that's really important if you're going to switch from a capex model to an opex model, because mm. rather than getting a whole load of funds every three years to upgrade your hardware and your perpetual software, you need to. Uh, you need to get a lot smarter about your business case around the costs of the agents, uh, agent software and, and the whole solution. Um, so it does require a lot more thinking, um, you know, around what value that, you know, the contact centre offers. And, you know, thinking about the, if, you, if you're paying, let's say, £100 a month uh, for a contact centre licence, that's significantly less than the, you know, 2,000, 2,500 you're paying for an agent. So mm. it is, 
it, whilst it looks like a big cost, the, the the employee cost is a lot bigger than that than that um, technology cost. So, mm. um, and then because because of um, you know that lack of clarity around the value, um, then the the senior stakeholders um, may not have the buy-in for the for the transition. So, um, you know, it could be that. Uh, some stakeholders like the technology they've got. They, they like to be able to manage their own system. Um, they like the way that the knowledge management systems, you know, in a certain way. And, um, you know, but they may not know in the background that that's on a SharePoint 2007 system, which, um, you know, it's got a load of security flaws. So, um, you know, that's it. That's another thing. It's important to, to go through that organisational change um, you know, education for the key stakeholders to make sure they're on board. Mm. Um, and it can also, um, there could also be too many requirements. So organizations get um, stuck in what they're doing now to base their requirements rather than what's the art of the possible yeah. and how to blend delivering a great service with um, streamlining what what the actual requirements are, and um, it's it's um, you know having too many requirements and solutions or projects not meeting those requirements, and um, I've seen is a big cause of delays in in projects. Um, sometimes they're valid requirements, um, but other times there's there's other ways to be able to get the value or do what you need to do with with the solution. Um, which takes less time and 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 less effort. So uh, focusing on that is another key thing. Um, and and then really just you know not having that organizational change capability. So there's not a culture of um, organizational change. You know, communicating, um, uh, educating, training. You know, what's in it for me. All that sort of thing. Um, it's really important, you know, to make these um, transition transitions successful. Now we talked that that's really helpful. We I asked then um, that you know the challenges and um, when you're starting on your journey, and you've pointed to some of the things that actually are have wider reaching implications, don't they? Because it's it's about the organisation that kind of being adaptable to change and open to change isn't necessarily just about the cloud technology that they might be looking at but it's kind of it's kind of all things um what if you could if you would be if you were talking to someone that hadn't heard of cloud contact centers what would you be saying are the main the main benefits for it so the more the the positive aspects the the main positive aspects are the time to deliver is shorter than a traditional on-premise um, installation. Um, you can flex up your uh, capacity to meet different uh, different patterns of business activity, uh, whether that's a new campaign. Uh, you know, in retail, it you know, could be um, Black Friday, whatever that, mm. that, that may be. Mm. So um, it allows you to. Um, have a solution which is which would more suit your business activity. Um, it's it is easier to manage 
in terms of upgrades um, for the hardware and software. And it, it can give you that integrated, integrated view with a streamlined cost um, for the whole contact center technology. Um, I think they're the main port points for anyone, you know, thinking about cloud contact center. And from and from your point of view, kind of um, launching launching the business. Yeah. Um, again, I get you know you've, your story is very kind of about entrepreneurial, and actually it's very cloud like really when you think about it. Flexible, you can do it anywhere. Um, what what are you hoping to achieve with cloud CCAS? I I I, I really enjoy uh, my job. I really like you know talking to, to companies who have got problems around, um, you know, their, their ability to deliver a better service. Um, and I'm, I'm, just looking, I'm just looking forward to having some really good conversations, solve some problems for organizations, and then help them deliver uh, on, their, on their objectives to, you know, whether that's reducing the cost per transaction, to be able to have an integrated view, making their, their lives easier. If you can, you know, I've throughout my um, career as a telecoms manager, um, I always focus on fixing all of the issues so that you could do the interesting stuff. So you know, the stuff where, you know, it's maybe um, adding more value, adding, you know, ability to segment customers, um, you know, in routing or, um, you know, deliver better, um, value in terms of negotiating contracts and all that sort of stuff. So um, I, that's that's the it, it's a lot easier, um, you know, to to manage a cloud contact center solution. So you know that's that's what I'm looking to help organizations so that they can then free up their time to to focus on on the value add. You know, the, the you know they they know what's um, what the, the most important things are for their organization and they can focus on those rather than, you know, you know, focusing on fixing issues or whatever that may be. Mm, I love that. Do you, I just want to check something that I kind of, I often, I often say, I want to talk to an expert and check it's right is yeah. when people ask about the cloud. Yeah. Um, whereas previously on-premise solutions, you could be in a small to medium contact center where you'll run on a shoestring and yeah. you would look at you would look at that capability that was offered and think, well, never in a million years are we we going to get that. We've still got the A team building a uh, a tank out of nuts and bolts and a and a hay bale, you know. Whereas the cloud, is it more is is it more accessible in that cost isn't so prohibitive and that you can it's open to more people, you know, more areas of our industry. Is that is that right or wrong? Uh, that is correct, Martin, because there is, with those, um, with the traditional CapEx model, there's a barrier to getting started. And that's, that's you know, a big chunk of money to get to get the right, um, you know, solution. Then, then you've, you know, unless you've got, um, you know, some, some people who are internally that, up to speed with the the latest in the market mm. and give you the good advice um you know it's it's difficult to know is that the is that the right solution for you you know for the long term mm. Mm. Um, but that it, the 
moving to the cloud gives you that ability to move faster in terms of, um, you know, some, some of the leading uh, organizations say, oh, we can have you up and running in two hours. Uh, but, you know, that's, that's, not, that's not practical in terms of, um, you know, real organizations and understanding, you know, requirements, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it is, uh, it, it, it breaks down the barriers to, to be able to, um, you know, deliver that value quicker. Any it's exciting really isn't it it's um and when when you look at our our industry given how long you've been in it that you've worked in yeah some really progressive places and also that mm -hmm. you have got to work with loads of different clients yeah um what's your overall kind of view of our industry at the moment well i i think there's there's I don't think there's one thing that can capture the whole industry. I think there's some companies that do things really well. And, you know, I was, I was listening to your, your uh, recent podcast, um, um, you know, from HomeServe, and they're clearly doing the right things to create a better customer outcome. And, mm. and, and then there's, there's organizations that are kind of in the middle, which are doing, doing some good stuff. Maybe they've, they've, you know, hampered by internal challenges, whatever that may be. And I think there's um, organizations that are doing things badly. And, mm. and I think those, the, 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 the top talent in the industry will gravitate towards you know, the, the, the better organizations. And um, the, the, those at the bottom are gonna have, they're gonna have real problems with attrition, um, mm. with delivering customer service and, and you know, I think it's, it, it really is a mixed, uh, it's a mixed bag at the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I think overall though, I, you know, I, I, I think the contact center industry is quite strong in terms mm. of, you know, the, the um, you know, the, the outlook um, in terms of, um, you know, um, you know, growth, um, the focus on getting better, um, you know, um, you know, I've been delivering a better customer service. I, you know, I think, I think that there are positive signs. I am an optimist um, myself, but, um, but, you know, I, you know, I, I go back to um, my Westpac days, you know, nearly 30 years ago. Um, and it, it just, if you do things the right way, you get, you get better outcomes. If you focus on the customer, train people, right? Thinking about, um, you know, uh, you know, what the customer really needs, um, and and how you can make it easy for them, you know. Um, so, you know, so I'm I'm positive on the contact center industry. Um, I think organisations will still uh, do things really well. Some will do it pretty bad, and some will be in the middle. And, and I guess, you know, the, the context of our society at the moment and where the world is mm. accentuates that. So if you're doing things, if you're in the middle or you're doing things well, you're durable and you can, you can go through this. If you're doing it bad, it kind of just accentuates and probably puts you under even more challenges and, and stress. But there's, there's, there's no time like the present for trying to get better, is there? Yeah, I mean, you, you can... 
really you can only compare yourself to yourself yesterday you know you i love that yeah just just get better yourself you know it's um <laughs> someone said to me um you know like you know, I don't care. I don't care how much money you've got. I only care how much money I've got, right? So you you should only you can't control things outside of your control. So um, just just focus on on getting better um, every day in, in whatever you're doing, and um, then you you'll see progress mm. if you keep what, doing that. What, what I, I I love that. What what excites you about the the future both for um your company cloud secas and and the industry as a whole um well i'm excited about um you know building the business and and then working uh, um getting some um, um you know i've got a couple of projects um on the go uh, at the moment and you're building those out and then working with people um that i have in the past that have you know that that I think are top notch as well. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and and uh, as far as the industry, I, I'm looking, you know, um, I'm looking forward to get more involved in the industry as well. So um, at at um, conferences, events. Um, so uh, that's that's something that um, you know I've, I'm I'm looking forward to. Um, you know, now that we're coming out of COVID. Um, you know, people are starting to do in-person meetings. I've I, mm, I, mm. had um, a couple recently, so that's they're the things that I'm, I'm excited about. I, um, you know, I, um, you know, I miss. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't like working from home all the time. I, uh, you know, I like. I like the hybrid approach where you've got, mm. you know, you work from home, but you're also meeting people. Um, um, you know, to to build those um, you know build those relationships. So that's what I'm looking forward to, um, um, you know, in in the near future. I'm going to put you on the spot here okay. um, because I know you've maintained some uh, you've maintained some relationships with people that you work with across the globe. Yeah. Where where was the favourite place that you worked? That's a good one. Um, No, I, I I would probably say um, oh, that's a tough one. I'd probably say Milan, Italy. You know, I um, and and the reason the reason for that is where, where I grew up in Australia, there was a lot of people um, who had migrated from Italy uh, after the Second World War, um, you know, to to Australia, and so there was a big Italian community, um, and so my my understanding of Italian culture was based on, you know, the people um, that I went to school with and, yeah. you know, working, uh, working in Milan over a number of years, getting to know the people, it was, it was totally different. You know, the, just the, the, the people that, were, you know, um, friendly, but respectful. And, you know, I, I, I do speak some Italian, so it was also, um, you know, something that was, um, I wanted to, you know, improve my Italian as well so yeah I, I think I just uh, you know Milan's not the most pretty of, of cities but it's, it's got it's got a bit of an edge to it and you know um, I just really liked it. Oh, that's brilliant and um, the, the final one for me before we before we close is uh, do you still play cricket? I do yes 
Really? Cricket season's just finished? What What are you? Um, I'm a wicketkeeper batsman. Oh, nice. Nice. I was going to say John T. Rhodes, but that's the wrong country, isn't it? Is... Gilchrist. Was he? Yes. He was a, he was right. a wicketkeeper. Was, yes. Would he be someone that you model yourself on? Look, you know, when I said I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for a job at the start, I wanted to play cricket for Australia. Um, yeah. But whilst my temperament could handle it, my abilities could not. So, <laughs> uh, so, um, so sadly not, but uh, I still try, um, you know, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. It's, you know, it's the, the camaraderie and the banter mm. on, on the um, on the field as well. It's, it's great. And, um, you yeah. My my uh, my father is still seventy. He's seventy five. I'm still uh, playing cricket. So I hope to be really doing the same thing at his age as well. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. It's like you say all the way all the way through this. And as I said at the outset, you're a lovely bloke. And um, it, it, even though even though it's technology that you you spend your time in, the the focus on people is has always been there and always will be. And um, uh, you know. I certainly wish you well with with your business and um, long may it, long may it continue and hopefully see you at an event or a conference soon. Thanks, Martin. I really appreciate um, you having me on. Um, it was a great chat as always, and um, maybe uh, maybe you can tempt me uh, one time to play my first eleven aside game of football at, at Swindon. Um, yeah, by by all means, you're all you're always welcome. Everyone's welcome. You don't have to have played in a uh, quarterfinal of the World Cup. We have we have people that can barely kick the balls. <laughs> it takes it takes it takes all sorts. And I still wouldn't I, I wouldn't mind having a game of cricket. It's been a hell of a long time since I um since I last played cricket. Um, I played at university actually. We we did this thing where I was in the football team. Every university's team, sports team played the other teams and yeah. their sport and then we kind of totaled um the overall winners so you'd play hockey rugby cricket and we played cricket and their fast bowler was signed for a county and he was only allowed to bowl one ball of his over at anywhere near his his maximum speed and i have to say it was utterly terrifying Yes. Just it, it, the five other balls were equally frightening. Yeah. When he bowled one, I shouted over to him saying, "Was that was that the one?" And he said, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the you would know from football that the, the the step up in quality for the people who are great at any sport is is just mm. uh, it's mind blowing. You know, whether mm. that's cricket, football, you know, boxing, whatever it is, it's just um you you can tell if you're yes in that sport so it's a joy it's a joy to watch as long as it you're not at the other end when it it just feels like you're gonna die yes (laughs) Uh, luke dobson thank you so much it's been brilliant to catch up again thanks martin um yeah that's great and um um hopefully see you soon definitely bye-bye my friend okay i'm sure you'll agree Luke does know his stuff. He's a lovely guy. And uh, please do get in touch with him via LinkedIn if you have any questions or want to find out more. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I really do appreciate it. 
We are trying to bang the drum, aren't we, about how good our contact centre industry is. All the guests massively do that, but it would be nothing without everyone listening. So thank you so much. I hope you have a great week and uh, tune in next week for another episode.